Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and this is episode 71. And I got to tell you, folks, it is a Friday. I was just waiting for a minute, uh, accidentally checking the wrong channel. I thought I had clicked on note passing, but I didn't. I know that my two co-hosts today are a little bit out of it, so crazy things might happen. We literally decided on our topic, ooh, about mm, 120 seconds ago. And it's just gonna be one of those days, so hopefully you will join us on this wild ride. With me, half brain dead, I have... Uh, Digital Era Entertainment co-founder Mario Bueno. Hi everyone. <laughs> oh wait, that's that's after this. Show. No, no, no. That's Sorry. that's after <laughs> this. And then representing another half of the brain to add to my half of brain to have one functioning whole brain. Yes, I did that math correctly. Challenge me, fight me, IRL. Making her triumphant return, reporting from Frangiland in the vicinity of Frangiopolis, uh, in the greater area of Frangitopia. It's Frangi. One, you overestimate how much brain I have, and two, fight me in the parking lot right now. Yep, sounds good. <laughs> like I said, we, the, the three of us each have a half brain operating right now to account for one complete brain. All right, right. so what, what you're saying is uh, we're, we're the, um, uh, what was it, the, the, the Chinese Jaeger from Pacific Rim that was like three people who were drift compatible? <laughs> like, are you oh, saying yeah. something like that? Let's go with that. Because it means we get giant robots. I like that. Yeah, that sounds real good to me. That sounds real good to me. Anime tangential, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Pacific Rim is now an anime. I still need to go and see the Netflix. I saw the first episode of it. It was fine. Um, Wait, what? Did I miss this? Where the heck was I? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. All right. Netflix original anime Pacific Rim. What's 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 the name? What, what's the subtitle on that one? <laughs> I'm blanking oh out. gosh, I'm I don't know. It was something very like sad and depressing. Because gosh, that first episode was depressing. Uh, <laughs> the Netflix. Black. There we go. Pacific Rim. The Black. <laughs> yeah, it was just oh, the dear. Black. <laughs> you know, oh, you know it's going to be a good time <laughs> when you have mm-hmm. a literal dark title. Yes, <sighs> yes. Anyways, hi. Good to have you back, Frangi. Hopefully you enjoyed your couple of weeks off. And hi again, Mario. Uh, what have you all been up to? Any Anybody actually had a chance to watch anime or have you folks just been uh, running around doing your things? I Frangie have... Uh, <laughs> Mario. Um, I have completely binged the dub for Moriarty the Patriot and I, as such have kind Ooh. of fallen fallen behind um, on like slime and uh, 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 to your eternity and even fallen behind on my hero a little bit but um, the dub is well, how so is the dub? British. Oh my word. Um, it, it's, it's very good. Uh, the accents are stellar but honestly what has blown me away the most is the smoothness of the writing. Um, Ooh, and how well they fit in like British slang and how everybody has the right kind of accents, like from the Cockney up to the way upper Queens English. Like it, it, it is so smooth. And mm. a lot of lines I think are like even add more to the original Japanese. And I usually don't feel That's that way. Super cool. Yeah. I usually feel like, you know, in dubs, you're just struggling to make it like the same yeah. product as, but as I suppose well as in this can, case, but... the, the source material sorts of sort of lends itself to this because, you know, it was, originally written in English as opposed to, all right, this is something English that is then being adapted into Japanese and then translated back to English. So uh, the fact that they can probably pull, you know, phrases and lines that were actually used in Holmes' canon that might not necessarily read as well in subtitles uh, or 
you know, might not necessarily be the most direct translations, but that way you're able to actually adapt it to sort of reverse engineer and make it back to what might be more proper Holmes lingo, so to speak. Yeah, and they do a tremendous job. Uh, the acting is absolutely phenomenal, and I just, I've been so happy with it. I've watched it over and over, and I'm just like, this, I didn't know this was going to delight me so much, but it really did. That's so, great. Yeah, that was my week. Yeah. Well, um, especially I've... given what a, what a premier uh, title it is, uh, you know, not just for, for Funimation, but just in general, you know, this is, this is top shelf uh, stuff here. So it's nice that they really, it's nice to hear that they swung for the fences, because uh, the way you're describing this, Franji, it's like, it's one of those things that, had this been the anime industry even like maybe like 15 years ago, there still would have been a 50-50 shot that they would have actually doubled down on, you know, leaning into the the British uh, nature of the English language. They might have still just been like, all right, we need American Midwest from everybody, <laughs> maybe a little American South for, for the people from like Newcastle, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that they did it because I was like, how are, how are they doing that? I was thinking, how are they doing that in today's day and age where, like, you're not allowed to do any accents at all anymore mm -hmm. unless you have, like, um, and unless you have actors that come from that background, you know, which makes sense. Yeah. But I was like, well, if they don't, if they're not going to get oh, an entirely English cast, like, how are they going to do this? Are they even going to? Are they just going to make it all American? But they didn't. And, and it, it came out great. And I'm like, yay. Um, so, yeah. Yay. Yay. That's great. Uh, yeah. I myself have been catching up on some stuff after getting a little bit behind uh, between adapting the Great Mouse Detective script and my vacation. I'm almost entirely caught up except for a couple handfuls. And then I stumbled back and realized that uh, Tokyo Revengers is actually airing this season. It wasn't on the uh, Anachart list as a continuation. I thought it was, it was continuing next season and then just the other day... I saw a ANN post about episode 20. I was like, wait a minute, episode 20? Oh. But we ended on 12. And then I went back and found out, yep, it's been airing weekly, and it just somehow the Anachart list omitted it. I went back and checked. It's still not there, but yeah, Tokyo Revengers is indeed airing the second half of its first season right now, so uh, oh. I've started catching up on that again. I'll probably be spending most of the weekend that isn't dedicated to other digital era entertainment stuff catching up to that and other things it's that you know second third part of the season where we're in episode like seven eight nine of everything so we're deeply into all the shows now but we aren't quite at that finale point yet so everything is just you know going along and uh, so far i haven't dropped any other shows it hasn't I haven't seen anything go off the rails, so that's really good. Um, I am. I said this to Mario last week, Franji. Honestly, at this point in time, my greatest fear this season is that Kageki Shoujo, the uh, theater acting uh, show, is going to go the way of Smile Down the Runway, which the is Takarazuka to say that it's thing. Is that yeah, Kageki. Uh, yeah, the Takarazuka yeah. one. Yeah, which mm -hmm. is to say that it does its thing really well. The characters are awesome, and that it sets up a second season, and then it never gets a second season because oh. it's based on a manga, as was Smile Down the Runway, and it's obviously not going to conclude in a twelve-episode arc. It's not supposed to, but shoujo series are so rare to begin with, and they so rarely get second seasons. I'm just worried that we're gonna you know, finish up this arc and then go read the manga, folks. And I, I'm just now bracing myself for that because I'm, 
I'm basically conditioning myself to accept this reality that I do not look forward to, but I realize that it is all but inevitable unless something really anomalous happens. Uh, otherwise, yeah, lots of good stuff this season that uh, Slime has continued to be real good. The Detective is Already Dead is doing some weird stuff and interesting stuff still that it's now, it spent the last couple episodes to back before The Detective was dead. Oh. So, like, the first three or four were in present time. Now we're doing, all right, we're establishing the backstory because we don't know how the detective died. So oh. it, it, this is almost Holmesian where you get the second half, you know, like in Study of Scarlet, um, you have that first half where it's present day and then you get the stuff about all the past and how everything's set up. And then you have the two timelines sort of converging, realizing, okay, this is how we got to where we are now. Mm. And then you have the reveals and everything. That feels like what they're doing here. And I do like it because... Uh, the titular detective um, is just a very good character. Siesta is very fun. I described her as Haruhi-esque, and I was a bit sad to see, okay, we get her in the first episode and then she's dead, but we're actually getting to see her. She is a character on the show, and it's not just all about chasing her shadow. Uh, that There are these two chapters to the story that are not necessarily being told in order. So looking forward to seeing where that goes. And now yeah, just as a whole, not a lot to complain about this season. Uh, Villainess is still Villainess. Obviously, uh, I know you two have been busy, but you have more wonderful Villainess to look forward to whenever you get the time. Hooray! I don't know that I told you. I think I watched the first episode or whatever you'd call the first episode of The Detective is Already Dead. It went like over an hour, so I got confused. It, it was a double length when it was 45 minutes, yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't know what I was watching, or maybe my thing was just on autoplay, but I got pretty far, and I loved the way it opened, and then it just seemed to go downhill, and I was like, I'm not going to watch this. So, <laughs> uh, But I don't know. I, I liked Siesta as a character, kind of, but then it went into territory that just felt like, okay, middle school crushes, you need to get a waifu, she's in a wedding dress, moe moe. They, they gave like you that alley. fan service there, but the, that's the <laughs> fan service-iest that it gets. Oh, that's so weird to go from, like, super action-packed, intelligent stuff into, like, running around a festival in a wedding dress. I, I don't know. I was I was kind of like, well, they were right. still They were still solving <laughs> stuff as it went along. And the thing is, that's part of where I got the Haruhi analogy of just, you know, she's the one dragging him around, not the other way around. Of, uh, that just she is very focused on the mystery at hand. And while it looks like they're just traipsing around a school festival. She actually isn't seeing it as a school festival, and she's seeing it more as, okay, I'm actually going to be doing these things, but we can't see it until the end. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see how it goes, or hear from you how it goes. Well, that's about all I have for my recap and stuff. So, like I said, we discussed our topic and decide our topic about two minutes before we went live. It's just one of those weeks where sometimes we know what we're going to do. Sometimes on the Thursday or the morning of, we're like, okay, here's what our topic's going to be. We'll brainstorm a bit and it's good. And just this week, like I said, our brains are not entirely there. And funny enough, it was actually Emmy, who is, as per usual, busy with very important stuff, uh, brought up the idea of a Hot Springs episode. And I was like, well, actually, we already discussed the fact that we're going to inevitably get to a Hot Springs episode because we had the beach episode where we had the clear delineation of Hot Springs does not equal beach. 
So initially I was like, all right, we'll probably wait a while before doing hot springs, but it came up today and we were like, you know, this seems like a good safe one for us to do when we're not all mentally there because hot springs are about relaxing anyways. So we're just going to relax and simmer a bit with some hot springs episodes. Yeah, and uh, I guess to, to get us kind of rolling on that and to, to give everybody's brains uh, a chance to to gear up, um, we'll actually do a little flashback. We'll do we'll do a brain exercise. <laughs> we were just talking about flashbacks. So uh, during the beach episode, um, I, I brought up uh, one particular episode that fell into the criteria uh, that we had discussed with, uh, with the beach episodes of, hey, even though this seems like a super fan servicey thing, this is actually super important. It happens at a very critical point uh, late in the series. And that was the Hot Springs episode for Outlaw Star. A uh, quick recap for anyone who does not remember Outlaw Star, because it was very much blink and you'll miss it. Um, it, it came out uh, roughly around the same time in Japan as uh, Cowboy Bebop. It was adapted for uh, the, the Toonami block during the very early days of the big Toonami boom at the turn of the century. It performed terribly in Japan, but it performed like gangbusters here in the United States. So it's become kind of a favorite among anybody who was there for the Toonami boom. But the reason it came up in this episode uh, was because it was one of those very fan servicey episodes that even all the censoring in the world was not going to save from uh, <laughs> from being able to be aired in any capacity uh, during what is essentially a children's after school block. So they just wholesale cut this episode. The episode takes place uh, on a hot springs planet. It, uh, it, it seems like, oh, we're just going to, you know, see everybody running around in almost nothing or actually nothing. Um, so Gene Starwin fans, yes, you get to, to see him running around in a bikini or in a banana hammock. <laughs> you got plenty, plenty of uh, cheesecake moments for all the ladies of the Outlaw Star. <laughs> Sorry, I'm also cracking up because uh, our engineer, Neo Ivan, just threw something very relevant into our our note passing thread. <laughs> like wearing nothing at all. Nothing oh. at all. Nothing at all. But the reason why this episode is is a bit of a loss is because a very, very, very important plot piece happens during this episode. They acquire a very important piece of equipment that if you are jumping from the previous episode to the next episode, which I believe is the penultimate episode of the series, like we're talking, this is how far into the series this episode was, uh, you would have no idea where in the heck they got any of these things from it's like whoa wait, wait checks notes did i did i miss a page <laughs> yes you did miss a page because the beach up or the hot springs episode had to get censored or, or in this case pulled entirely so that was that was kind of why i brought that one up uh even though it was you know a bit of a stretch because again hot springs episodes tend to be a completely different thing so now that we've kind of like bridged ourselves back into you know the the relevance of a good hot springs episode uh as as joel mentioned uh at the the top of this topic uh it, hot springs are generally you know brought in as as a relaxation device whether it is for you know get getting some nice pacing in because the thing i've noticed and we can feel free to start bringing in examples to either prove or contradict this point from this point on um the hot springs episodes with with exception Unlike the beach episodes, I find to not always be these very plot heavy, uh, plot driving types of episodes. They are very much as as the hot spring, it, uh, the hot spring trip itself tends to be. 
it kind kind of that that breather. You know, it's the episode where everyone just kind of kicks back. It's like, okay, we're just gonna chill from the plot for a minute because oh god, we have we have so much to get back to. But nah, let's just let's chill for a minute and then we'll get back to it. There are some Hot Springs episodes, certainly that I'm sure we'll start, you know, bringing up uh, as as they come to mind that, you know, very much fly in the face of that. But I would argue compared to the beach episode, there are, by comparison, fewer uh, Hot Springs episodes that are so plot driving uh, as there are beach episodes. Um, feel free to chime in on this one, because that's that's kind of where I wanted to tee us up. So, yeah, uh, I remember actually the first time that I saw a Hot Springs episode or at the very least, even if it wasn't a full episode, the concept of a Japanese hot spring was actually Pokemon. Um, we had Pokemon mentioned in the Beach episode one for the famous band episode. Uh, hot springs actually come up multiple times over the years in Pokemon, which I suppose, given the series length, isn't too surprising. But um, one of the first times is in season one where they're at Cinnabar Island. That's the uh, one where there's the volcano uh gym uh that's run by blaine the fire pokemon trainer and they have this you know riddle in and everything and they have to solve puzzles to get there and when they finally arrive there is a hot spring and it in the initial four kid translation was just described as a bath and it's i just have this memory of seeing this scene where you know obviously they edited in towels and whatnot and everything and there was essentially no fan service to speak of in this but the mere concept of they're all just sort of sitting outside in a pool of rocks and the water is hot uh, just for a seven-year-old who doesn't have the context it was a bit confusing for me at the time that I just rolled along with it and it wasn't like a huge sticking point but looking back I do remember just sort of taking pause at the concept because there really isn't a analogy for this in the West that it, you don't have this type of thing in the United States, not to say that uh, there aren't natural hot springs around, but uh, they are a huge thing. They're an industry in Japan, whereas in the West, they simply aren't. And uh, so seeing that for the first time was really interesting. Uh, and it was very, it was used in a very, sort of, uh, I wouldn't call it plot-heavy way with Pokemon, but it was uh, a more functional way, I suppose, of, all right, we're at this volcanic island, so it makes perfect sense of why they would have a hot spring there, and it fit with the theme of, all right, we're having these, like, puzzles and hidden entrances and whatnot. Um, but seeing that for the first time was, it was different, because there isn't that uh, just... I, I don't even know if I would call it culture necessarily, but just that concept in the United States or the West as a whole. Yeah, because um, I, I, I wish I was a little bit more uh, studied on the concept of, you know, the, the hot spring uh, and, you know, its place in, in Japanese culture, because there is uh, some sort of cultural significance attached to it. Uh, you brought and just the concept point. of public baths in general that a... Uh, we could probably do a whole other episode on, you know, public baths, not necessarily hot springs, that uh, they have a fair amount of overlap in terms of <clears throat> in terms of tropes and similarities more so than beaches. 
but uh you know that just isn't a thing in the west yeah and, and i was gonna say you you also made a good point um you know with the fact that there isn't exactly a one-to-one like the closest you can come to for for the same sort of environment and uh social function at least is a swimming pool or or you know just a hot tub or a sauna like those those would be yeah. the, the closest uh comparable experiences uh, but even then, you know, it's it's a very different thing. Like you you go there uh, for a hot spring experience, not just for, you know, the the, the luxury factor or the uh, the the calming uh, element of it. Uh, but there's there's very much, you know, a communal element to it. There's a communal um, thing. It's a full on resort. Usually it's not just, OK, you go to a, a hotel and they happen to have a hot tub next to their pool. That mm-hmm. you do not go to a hotel for their hot tub. Uh, and if you're going to a place for a spa, that you're going, I, I guess a spa would be the closest analogy, but that's a very particular thing of, you know, you think of spa and you think of a sort of beautification almost mm-hmm. uh, of uh, just like, a, even if not literal cleansing, but just the idea of. Uh, relaxing and you might spend a day at a spa but you don't make a a family trip to go to a spa or anything like that whereas the idea of taking a family trip to a hot springs or just you know going with a lot of friends to a hot springs resort is a not uncommon thing in japan yeah and and you use the term resort that was the next thing i was going to kind of uh zero in on because again it's not just Hey, let's go, you know, hang out in the hot tub. It it's, you know, a whole experience. It is, you know, going going up having, you know, not just the the main attraction which is lounging in essentially a natural hot tub <laughs> in 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 the beauty of nature which in and of itself is a very unique uh, element of it. But you know, this this is a whole outing, like you said. You know, people people go to this. They they get their dinners, they get their breakfasts. Uh, you know, they have that social bonding experience. Uh, you know, it is it, it is more than that, which is part of why it's such a, a common trope. Um, you know, within within anime, because it is you know a part of the social experience, um, and it's it, it really does have a lot to offer in that right. And and that's why I do find it a little surprising, you know, as as we're having this discussion that I'm still struggling to think of like, uh, you know, Hot Springs episodes in anime that had the same impactfulness on the plot that the beach episodes we rattled off the other week had. Uh- <laughs> because they don't. I, I mean, I always thought of them as more for fan service and like a, a relief for the viewers from the plot versus like a relief from the seriousness of the plot for the characters to like give them some meaning before they go and like get their butts kicked. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that. And usually just, you know, the, the writing will hand wave it to be, Oh, you know, uh, my, my uncle or somebody owns a hot spring and they they'll let us have a room for free. Or I won a contest to go to a hot spring. Let's all go. It's not, it's, usually uh, sort of just you know forced along with the plot a bit of hand waving here and there of why and how they're able to go and it definitely is just from a narrative purpose it sort of ham-fisted of okay we're taking this diversion here that every so often you'll have it written in a such a way that they are 
they end up there for something that is more plot relevant of, you know, uh, for the Tenchi thing of, you know, we're stranded and we're having to lay low and it happens to be a hot springs planet or, uh, you know, I've seen a couple where it takes them into the mountains and it's a very remote place and there aren't many inns or places for travelers to stay in the mountains that aren't the hot springs because they sometimes are established in these relatively remote areas that don't have a lot of, uh, you know, like big towns or commerce or hotels other than the hot springs that they're centered around because why else would you go out into the mountains just randomly because apart from the hot springs areas, it's mostly uninhabitable. Mm. So to take that down to the level of like actual examples from anime, you just made me think of the Hot Springs episode of My Hero Academia, where Thank they you. go out <laughs> into the middle, they go out into the middle of nowhere for their training camp arc, uh, and there's a hot springs there where they're all staying. Uh, it's a lot of eye candy, yeah. And then um, it's a good thing they have that actually, because that is one of those cases that makes me think of um, of the beach episode because they they sort of get like some downtime before Dobby comes in and lights everything on fire <laughs> and ruins their training camp, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and similarly, you have the, uh, well, it's an entire arc in uh, Food Wars where they're going into uh, just, um, I forget which re region, it's very northern region of Japan, uh, mountains, cold snow, uh, uh, one second. I'm feeling really what? stupid. Hokkaido? For... Hokkaido, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I was just a little slow on that. But yeah, Hokkaido, north, mountain, snow. Yeah. Food um, was Hokkaido. <laughs> and that they go up there and one of the places that they stop because, you know, they have different stops along this train route where they do the different stages of their cooking battles and whatnot. And naturally, when you go to Hokkaido, it's very much known for its hot springs. So, uh... That's one where the series definitely was going to go to Hokkaido regardless because they wanted to cover that geography and just the different uh, culinary aspects that you get across Japan. But it was the type of thing of if you're going to go to Hokkaido, you're probably going to go to Hot Springs. It's just an iconic thing that just like if you live in the United States and you think of barbecue in Texas – or if you think of, you know, New York and Broadway, that if you're going to go to this area, of course you're going to do the thing. It's just iconic of the uh, the area and what it's known for. And you very much have that in Hokkaido. That obviously, not to say that Hokkaido doesn't have other things, but it's very much up there on that short list of tourist traps. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that checks out. <laughs> I actually wanted to double back uh, to to something uh, Franji brought up there. So I I was legitimately sitting on that uh, My Hero Academia uh, Hot Springs episode in particular because that's that's one of the ones that kind of uh, I I had in mind when I was laying out the initial thesis of the Hot Spring episode because I can't for the life of me <laughs> remember anything like impactful to the plot happening and one of the the uh, unfortunately, uh, most memorable moments of that is uh, everyone's least favorite hero, yeah. Minata, oh, oh. climbing up the wall in a desperate uh, <laughs> hormone-imbued attempt, in, 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 attempt to creep on the girls. And that is one of the things that is 
you know, unfortunately, a big trope of these these Hot Springs episodes, regardless of, you know, what the, the series is like with the beach episode, you have you have your tropes for the beach episode, you know, whether it's the tradition of the melon smashing or, you know, other other random beach stuff that that's very typical of the beach experience. But with a lot of these, especially ones, uh, you know, where where you have, you know, certain dynamics going on between the the, the male and female characters there, it's always just going to somehow, whether intentionally or like in the case of Outlaw Star, completely by accident, boil down to, oh, dude's dude's going to go creeping on the ladies. Yeah, <laughs> it even like, happens. So hell? in Pokemon, it's not that someone is creeping, but uh, just while they're at the bath, uh, Togepi inadvertently hits a secret switch in that um, the hidden entrance to the fire gym is through the hot springs. And when this secret passage opens, it makes the uh, just the actual uh, hot springs shift a bit because the hot springs are built on top of basically this moving platform that shifts to reveal the entrance. And as the parts of it shift, it inevitably causes the wooden barrier between the two halves of the hot spring to break. And you have the gag of just, ah, nothing is seen, but... It, you still have that gag. Yeah, and, mm. and you you just said a bunch of keywords that teed me up for another one that I was going to throw out there. Uh, Franji, tell me if this sounds familiar. Hey, we're in a post-apocalyptic hellscape, and we just kind of came across this here hot spring. Oh, man, most of our crew is a bunch of really <laughs> hormonal dudes and, and some very sexy ladies. Oh, man, some of these characters are direct references to other things that the company has done in the past. Oh, boy, this is a great time. <clears throat> Oops, it's a trap. I don't know mechanics, what mechanics, mechanics. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're talking about Gurren Logan, and that's not my memory failing oh, me. Oh, no, you 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 nailed it. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, I was waiting for that one. Friggin' Gurren Logan. Gurren Logan, Logan, Logan double-dip. They have both a beach and a hot springs episode. They have yes. their bases covered. Yeah. Yes. But, but again, notice the difference here. We were <laughs> able to sit there and talk about, you know, these, these pivotal plot moments that happen in the beach episode, I can't for the life of me remember if anything important happened at that Hot Springs episode other than all the references to Gynax properties and then, oops, it was a trap. <laughs> like that's, it, 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 I think it was also like very early in the journey too. So it's one of those like kind of forgettable stops along the way where it's just like, uh, mm. how are we, how are we gonna, how are we gonna establish all of the, uh, Oh, the stuff we're going to sell merch for later. Well, let's bring in stuff that we're already pushing merch for. All right, let's do this. How are we going to explain it? I don't know. We'll just make <laughs> up stuff as we go along. Yay. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, to backtrack again, though, Mario, I think you make a good point with the whole, like, ogle the women thing that, that happens in a lot of Hot Springs episodes. And that is actually why I appreciated... Um, reincarnated as a slime because i'm i'm not going to say that it doesn't have those moments uh, just to be clear they're in the hot springs there a lot because tempest village just like is built has on its hot own, springs built on it and so the characters are in there all the time but i think the very first time that they all went in there there was a moment where they had the opportunity to do that that kind of perverted thing but rimaru um ends up going on the side with all the men. And, you know, he's a perv. That's established. He likes ladies and boobies and stuff. But he, because he, like, kind of identifies as, like, 
like gender fluid, non-binary kind of like can be whatever yeah, gender just, that he wants. He's to literally be. androgynous. He, he has the thought. He goes, "Well, I could be on the side with all the ladies to be a perv," and then he chooses to go nah. on the side with the men, and that's where he stays. And I, I appreciated that because like, even <laughs> in one of the recent ones <laughs> yeah. of season two, they continue to go to the hot springs, and it's just geez, somebody in the apartment above mine just dropped an anvil. That was fun. Um, and here Anyways. we are worried about thunder. <laughs> I know, right? No, it's fine. It's sunny here in Dallas. Uh, very, very hot. But anyways, um, they continue to go to the hot springs a lot. And the thing is, it's just as much men, if not more so men yes. than women, that uh, one of the most recent ones was basically all the leaders of various kingdoms, kingdoms and states just in the hot spring together. You have this big, burly king of the dwarves. Uh, hairy chest and whatnot and just all of them are sort of discussing matters of states in a hot spring yep. uh very casually and that's one of the other things of um even though there is usually or frequently i won't say usually uh the the gag of all right somebody's gonna try and look on the other side of the hot spring barrier the amount of just uh the People on the, on the same side of the barrier innately are very casual with each other, and it's very unremarkable of, for the most part, the behavior that characters have of just, you know, e even though they are not wearing anything, it's just whatever, that a couple of times you'll have the thing of girls uh, comparing assets to each other, but it's not a thing of, oh, I am inherently uncomfortable, or I think it is weird for us to be bathing together, um, and very much... Yeah, I can't remember it happening with any frequency that I'm sure there's a couple scattered times here and there, but usually on the guy's side of the barrier, it's just, yeah, whatever, we're hanging out, we're uh, just bathing together, and it's very casual that even if trying to get a peek at the other side is a thing, the uh, there is not any particular pressure or awkwardness for those that are already on the same side of the barrier. I'd say that's because that's just very Japanese, and that's an yeah, Eastern-Western yeah. thing, definitely. They're all yeah. very comfortable Cultural. with bathing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's uh, just it's something that I, I agree that it's very much a cultural thing, but I think it's still worth noting that you usually have that and that it's uh, just a neat thing to see that they have. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of cool that they can all just sit there in the hot springs and talk about going to war. <laughs> And they just happen to be in the mm -hmm. bath with like little baby Rimaru's floating around like bubbles on the top. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very fun. Now, if you want to talk a series that goes against what Mario said of usually hot springs are just very casual and relaxing ones, it, not to say it's a surprise because nothing in this series is ever casual and relaxing. Fruits Basket has a couple episodes at Hot Springs, which is owned by the Soma family. And goodness knows, nothing at property owned by the Soma family, which is a lot because, you know, the Soma family is absurdly rich and owns many, many, many things in a large plot of land. Uh, it is, as per usual, a very intense couple of episodes. Yeah, and, you know, there there isn't to say that there are exceptions to the rule. This is a great example of it. But again, Fruits Basket is very much the exception to many rules. So <laughs> color me unsurprised on this one. <laughs> if anything, actually, that one probably has more uh, fan service of Kyo and uh, Yuki than of the girls. 
Yeah, that checks out. I don't even remember the Hot Springs episode, so I'm like, it must be an exception because it doesn't stand out in my head as, oh, God, the Hot Springs episode. So, like, plot stuff must have actually happened. Doesn't, like, Momiji end up falling asleep on the floor or something? Am I thinking about the wrong episode? Probably. I, I can't remember exactly the episode, but uh, I do remember distinctly that there was Hot Springs stuff happening. I believe you. I just have crap for a memory. I have the memory of a goldfish. I watch an anime three yeah, We've already later, established today that we're operating with one fully functioning brain between us all. So, yeah. no worries there. <laughs> Sorry, I have the Pacific Rim theme stuck in my head. Yeah. For I got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, no, no. Actually, so slightly relevant to why I'm so brain dead today. Uh, I, I was just uh, recording something for uh, Screen Rant, and we mentioned uh, the, the composer of the score for Pacific Rim. And just the other night uh when i was tuning in for aew that was the movie that was playing right before <laughs> watching mm. the show it, awesome. I, I, okay so sorry we're going off on a complete tangent time do but, it um i just i have to especially because obviously we have we have established that we're just we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants today uh so i, I i've been joking around ever since I started watching AEW over the last two years that there's like this rotation of movies that the TNT network always has on right before I tune in. It's it's either The Accountant, <laughs> The Equalizer, or just some other random thing. From time to time, it's been, um, what was that? What was that Tarzan movie that came out a few years ago with uh, Sam Jackson? Uh, whatever that one was, that one would pop Kong? up frequently. No, 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 no. Uh, so straight up Tarzan movie. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, but anyway, the point is, the, the ones that usually come up are those. So it's it's always refreshing when something like Pacific Rim comes on. It's like, oh, good, something different. Uh, also, God, Pacific Rim is so good. Uh, <laughs> I love Pacific Rim so much. It's uh, great. I actually haven't watched it in a few years, and I think it's time. Oh, it, it holds up. Um, I, I regularly rewatch that film. It is it truly good. was a live action anime. Yeah. Like if if you oh, yeah. told me that it was based off of an anime, I would have believed you because <laughs> I'm just like, mm -hmm. no, this this is anime as heck. Um, and it, it, it I mean, I still have yet to see the sequels. I understand that the, the or the sequel and the uh, anime series. But uh, I understand the, sequel the sequel was just as fun eh. as the first. Um, I, I don't think I, maybe it was like a step down, but it, I went in and got exactly what I expected to get from it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm still reserving judgment until I can see it with my own eyes. Uh, but man, the original is just such a freaking masterpiece. Like e even yes. if they had never done anything else, if that yes. was all oh, yeah. we got, it, yes. mwah, Del Toro, you get anime. Please give us your <laughs> version of Attack on Titan live action. I've been saying this since 2013, y'all. Oh I right. want to see Guillermo Del Toro directed Attack on Titan because it would be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the set pieces would be incredible because look at the, the stuff that he did with Pacific Rim. Like, it was it was a legit kaiju film. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah. mm, give me, Honestly, give me that I, good, good I, I pointed that one as the one that finally got the word kaiju into American vernacular, or at least even enough. if it's not in our vernacular, that it, it got it so that it started to be actually recognized outside of anime fandoms. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. they definitely saved the, uh, the VFX team for 2014's Godzilla a lot of work because I swear to God, when Godzilla rolls into San Francisco, there is a shot at the bridge. I 
I imagine they just ripped the assets that they used from Pacific Rim and just <laughs> repurposed it for Godzilla because it is like one to one the opening of Pacific Rim just with Godzilla rolling through. I'm like, are, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's I feel so bad for Warner San Brothers, Francisco. So. They always get crapped on when it comes to kaiju stuff. Which is weird because you you wouldn't think that would be the American city of choice, but you know we. I think part we, of it we, is that usually kaiju the... come from the sea, yeah. And what is the most what is one of the biggest things that you can have destroyed as something emerges from the sea? A bridge. What is the most iconic bridge in the U.S.? Golden Gate. Not to mention the fact that California is geographically closest in the U.S. to Japan. So, uh, I I think that just. For Japanese writing, that uh, California usually comes to mind a bit before New York uh, in certain aspects. Also, yeah. there's lots of like volcanic activity out in the Pacific Ocean that I feel like is a good place. Like, kaiju bubble up from the depths. Through Very the true. Bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. They they made up for it in uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. Boston. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, back on Hot Springs. There's one actually in Zombieland Saga, which is very fun because it subverts a lot of things. Um, This is one of the examples where the plot sort of hand waves of, all right, how are we getting there? In this case, um, the the group Franchichot is hired to perform at a hot spring retreat. And naturally, well, if you're being hired to perform here, you get to stay at the inn because, well, we'd rather give you a couple rooms for the night than have to pay for you to be put up in one of our competitors. Duh. And their manager, who, you know, brought them back to life uh, and uh, helps make sure that their zombie identities are kept secret, says, you are not allowed to go in the hot springs because while I've been able to develop this very specialized uh, makeup and skin treatment that will make sure that you look human, it washes off in excessive amounts of water. So don't go into the hot springs, please. And naturally, what do the girls do? They go into the hot springs. They sneak out late at night as you will, because, you know, pretty much rule one of any uh, just anime that has teens or young kids, you are told not to do something. It is now a plot point to do that thing. (laughs) So they sneak out, and naturally they don't have their uh, makeup and whatnot on, but instead of, you know, losing a towel or, uh, like, uh, something more risque being revealed... Somebody loses their head in the bath. They, they literally yep. lose their head. They just, you know, it, just, they're zombies. Their limbs are detachable, including the head. So uh, there is this thing of just, oh, no, Teehee, we have to make sure that actual body parts don't fall off. It, it's not a fan service thing at all. It becomes a full-on comedy routine. And the punchline of it all is a couple of the guests in the inn see or hear this happen. And it's not a thing that they get discovered as being zombies. They're able to, you know, get out of Dodge before they are completely discovered. But there's enough glimpses that happen that several, uh, that uh, one of the company executives believes that they are actually now operating a haunted inn at the end of the episode. And they're really worried because they're Uh. like, oh gosh, I saw these terrible things, these visions. There was this head (laughs) and these awful... Moans and uh, noises in the middle of the night. Oh gosh, I need to make sure that the guests never find out about this. Otherwise, they'll think it's haunted and never want to come back. Lol. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I- I'm blanking on what show I've seen in like the past year or so that there was a Hot Springs episode that basically 
veered into that exact territory uh, of like, oh, we got to we got to solve a mystery at the hot springs. Ah, oh, God, what was it? It was something in this past year because it's very, very. That's ringing fresh. a bell for me. Why? Uh, skate the infinity? Definitely not because I did no. not watch that. So, um, right, because I'm I'm looking on a TV tropes page I'm and like, it does mention that there is a uh, hot springs episode in Dr. Stone. Did Dr. Stone definitely did they ever not. go to um, No. Ah, God, it's it's gonna bother me and watch. I'm gonna remember as soon as we're off. You're gonna remember it in <laughs> the middle of murder time. You think Almost of it. Certainly. You think of it. I'm gonna ding our our requisite code Gias bell and say that there is a picture drama where they're in a hot spring. It's actually technically, I think, a bath like somewhere in Ashford, but it's basically a hot spring because it's ridiculous and it's full of fan service with Millie and Shirley and Colin. Yeah, isn't that just what ding. the picture dramas are? Of yes. we didn't get. We have moments of fan service in Gias but not a bunch and certainly not a full-on fan service episode. We get fan service moments and they just took the picture dramas to get in those fan service episodes because, well, you're not going to put plot in them, certainly. Oh, well, no, there's no big plot in them, but there's some that are like... There's some character development fests. ones or like angst. Sometimes you have like sweet moments between characters, but yeah, yeah. You, you have to put fluff of one type or another in those audio dramas or picture dramas because you mm -hmm. can't have it be vital information. Mm -hmm. So yep. just naturally, proportionally, you're going to have more fan service in there. Mm -hmm. And they're probably also just making up for lost time. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's that's another one that we teed up during the beach episode because, again, Gios managed to tick those boxes in in its audio dramas <laughs> essentially it's like okay we got a beach episode check uh do we have any time for a, a hot springs episode in the series no oh no we have so much plot to get through absolutely not we're just gonna throw that into the audio drama and chuck <laughs> yep. yep done wait are, are, are we just doing these as audio i feel like we're missing an opportunity here uh we'll draw some pretty pictures to go with it boss all right fantastic get check. the skills in there <laughs> yep yep Give, give the cosplayer something to work with. <laughs> yep. Give us give us images that we could probably print onto like, uh, I don't know, postcards and stuff that they can buy. Postcards, like, you got to have your dockies. Yeah, just we'll, 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 we'll merchandise this. We got this. <laughs> Where the real money from the anime is made. But, but actually. <laughs> don't remind me is that there I still a... want perfume. Uh... TV wait, Tropes what? here has a wait, mention wait, wait, of... Wait, 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 Franji, what was <laughs> that? <laughs> You're talking about merch and how, like, anime makes and where the real money comes from, and I'm like, yes, and people like me buy it, and I'm still mad that I can't order my Moriarty the Patriot perfume Okay, and so smell funny, like Albert. Funny that you mentioned this, because <laughs> one of my favorite things, uh, when, I, uh, when I went to Tokyo, um... I remember walking through uh, the, the the passageway um, where the, the subway line was, and I, I took pictures of this because I was just like, oh, this is sure a thing. Evangelion scents. Wait, like scented like the Ava units or the people? They were themed after the pilots. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that is to say theme that it's, you're never supposed to smell like the character, but is, you know, uh, if, if there are certain almost moods or styles that the character is built on that they'll have different fragrances that are supposed to sort of evoke those types of 
sensibilities. It oh, I definitely, I definitely left my thoughts character. on it at the time, but <laughs> 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 needless to say, the fact that there is a, a Shinji Ikari scent <laughs> that someone oh must have bought a bottle of somewhere See? in the world. <laughs> See? Yep. So yep. Yeah. I don't even know what just Shinji would smell like or like what a fragrance that is supposed to evoke the right. idea of Shinji is supposed to smell like. Like in Moriarty the Patriot, it's easy because the boys are always shown like with their matching with flowers, flowers, you know. So I'm like, okay, yeah. so maybe Alberts yeah. will smell like roses. Sounds great. I love roses. That makes sense. Uh, but like Shinji Kari, I don't know, angst, sweat, teenage problems. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's very close to what I was speculating. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it uh, something something I, smells like teen spirit. Maybe sure. <laughs> anxiety inducing pheromones. I don't know. I, but yeah, again, another tangent, but it was it was definitely one worthwhile because Sorry. we were mentioning oh no no mentioning anime fragrances. Because <laughs> I feel I'll like we're, we that. might be due for another uh oh, anime merch. merchandise episode, but maybe this time we lean into like weirder things. So things that don't have the characters on them necessarily, or like things that aren't uh you know, character merch like uh, you know, figures or stickers or postcards, but uh, almost tangential merch. I'm not sure what the cor the correct phrase here would be. Do you but, also uh, like that? Um, what what was it? I, I forget which razor brand uh, did something with oh Evangelion. The one with well, that, that's uh, entirely Kendo separate. One that we could do sponsored, <laughs> uh, branded merch. Yeah. Oh boy, I'll I'll never forget that image. <laughs> oh god, that's something we need to throw in the Discord. Just find it, throw it in our our, our Discord. Because <laughs> oh god, just Gendo shaving. There is just nothing oh, more Lord. entertaining <laughs> than that image. What? Yep. Yep. Oh. Anyway, hot springs. <laughs> right. Yay, hot, hot springs. springs. Yeah. Um. It. Oh, it's also, so oh, one sorry. thing also uh, that I usually see of Hot Springs that I didn't really understand, and even to this day, I just, I, I, it's a thing, and it's drinking usually like milk or soda, or just like some cold drink after being in the Hot Springs. Um, it's at first I thought it was oh you know just they're thirsty and they want to get stuff, but the over the years I've realized no wait this is an actual thing that I'm I can't quite tell if it is a full on cultural thing or a trope. I'm at the point where I th I'm guessing it's sort of a cultural thing of having a cold drink after being in the hot springs to I just, you know, cool off, I suppose, and make sure you don't overheat. Is this a is this the thing? I hope I'm not the only one noticing this. No, no, no. Uh, that that is that is a legitimate thing as far as I understand. Again, I'm I, I'm embarrassingly uh, underqualified to talk about this stuff. And it's it's killing me that Laura is uh on on her way to a weekend vacation because otherwise I would have just paused walked on out gotten all this information and come right back because she <laughs> like she actually brought back stuff from a couple of uh, well-known hot springs uh in japan last time she was there like three years back so she she is the hot springs expert in the household and i'm like mm. <laughs> maybe wow. maybe if we pester her during uh tuesday's art and design <laughs> <laughs> we'll 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 get uh we'll get the second half of this so uh for those of you watching live tune in at 10 p.m eastern standard on tuesday night uh during the art and design block we'll we'll try to pester lara while she is continuing her uh brit baker dmd art <laughs> yes and uh, 
since you're plugging that, I might as well go on and start plugging some of the other wonderful content we hear, have here at Digital Era Entertainment. Absolutely. Tomorrow at this time, so 4 p.m. Eastern time, we are going to be having our monthly radio drama. This month, we're going to be doing The Great Mouse Detective. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know, uh, Mario and Franji, you are two, you are both sadly preoccupied. Uh, I got the short end of the stick this time, so I'm going to be playing Olivia, the uh, young girl mouse. Oh my god, and... yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'll also be playing one of the singing thugs, so uh, the one that sings uh, World's Greatest Criminal Mind. Even yes. mean it, you mean it. Even yes. uh, worse than those orphans and uh, young kids you drowned. You're the most evil around. Oradigan, Oradigan, arrest, fall behind. Yeah, you get the idea. It's going to be fun because we're going to have the singing. We don't have the backtracking because Disney property don't want to get... Uh, DMCA'd there, but uh, I know uh, Kaylee is very much looking forward to performing I'll Be Good to You. Uh, Hayes is going to be playing Radigan, so he gets multiple songs and is really ready to just ham it up. It's going to be a good time, so that is The Great Mouse Detective tomorrow, August 28th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Digital Era Twitch. We also have uh, on Thursdays, there's good old Decode podcast, and uh, RJ and I have our weekly stream where we actually just started Great Ace Attorney last, or yesterday rather. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We're trying to see if I can get the sound on it because I love the sound there and it's really good. So, uh, but you viewers will be able to hear the sound regardless. I just might not be able to hear on my end. So do tune in for that as well. And of course, as Mario mentioned, uh, there is going to be the art and design on Tuesday and Mario's own block on Mondays. So be sure Although to believe, follow us uh, on. Oops. I was going to say uh, this Monday, uh, barring any any major changes, I believe we are finally going to complete our. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, we are back this week. Of yeah. Dream Daddy. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's going to be Dream Daddy wrapping it up this week. And uh, mm -hmm. by the way, if any of you have not already joined the Discord, please do that because we have many wonderful channels in here where we discuss all sorts of nerdy stuff. And just this week, we have added uh, some brand new emotes, some very important ones for uh, those who have been keeping up with Dream Daddy. We now have <laughs> Ernest, specifically upside down Ernest on the ceiling, Ernest. It all makes so, sense if you watch the streams, y'all. <laughs> yep. We have lore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they wrote lore. So yes, if you all want to uh, see those wonderful things, we have that. And we also have Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, which I believe is on Sunday night. Uh, anyways, you should follow us here on Twitch and on Twitter and on Facebook to be able to find out all the latest happenings or just join the Discord because you'll be getting pings anytime we go live. Uh, other than that, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Image Anime. It, they are actually doing a pop-up shop at the Waypoint Cafe, which is at 65 Ludlow Street. I finally have that memorized Hooray! in Manhattan. Uh, but if you'd like to visit them online, you can go to imageanime.com and use the discount code DISCOUNT20. That is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-2-0 for 20% off all in-stock items between now and the end of the year. Uh, as for our own merch, you can get Digital Era Entertainment t-shirts, mugs, tank tops, uh, all the good stuff over at Stream Elements. Sorry, digitaleraentertainment.streamelements.com. And I think that is all the plugs we have. Mario, have I forgotten anything? I always like to double back because you always have all these on tap. 
I, I have no idea what you mean. Why Why would I, D guy, know, know all the shills in Indeed. perfect order and be the person I, I who does I all, the, them all, all the shilling week, work? Oh, well, uh, there there is also, uh, if you haven't seen it already, uh, on our YouTube channel, we just recently had our performance of uh, Fifth Element uploaded, but we also have the trailer for the uh, dating sim slash visual novel that is being designed by our very own RJ Para, Kokoro no Pro, which is about uh, wrestling, appropriately enough. So uh, do check that out as well. And with that, Mario, yeah, well, tell me, ooh. have I missed anything? Uh, it, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna let you know about that, but uh, since we're on the YouTube channel, uh, just a quick reminder: we also finally uploaded the first volume of Radio Drama Regular and Friend of the Channel, who is now regular here on D Team, uh, Reaches Beast, aka Taylor Starnes. Hollow Live Championship Wrestling. Uh, volume one, the Hollow Live Rumble is now finally up on the YouTube channel. So while you're checking out the uh, Kokoro No Pro trailer, stick around and uh, throw on throw on the goodness that is our fantasy booking of a full-on pay-per-view featuring the global talents of Hollow Live, the uh, the VTubing sensation that has taken over the internet world. So uh, yeah, we will have the next two installments slowly rolling out. We just completed the third part of the initial arc, uh, Hollow Mania, that was this past Monday, which preempted our Dream Daddy finale. So uh, keep an eye out on that over at our YouTube channel for more. Yes, indeed. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Franji, Mario, do you two have any personal things that you would like to plug? I can't. I can't yet. Oh boy, but, but it's always exciting to know that there relevant. are there yeah. are things that will be happening later. So definitely yeah, uh, yeah. be sure to stay tuned for exciting things from Frongiville. Yes. Mario, do you have anything? Any uh, GalaxyCon panels coming up? Hydrate and sleep, y'all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is those those are the sage words from D Guy. Because uh, everything else I would talk about, we've already covered in the uh, in the end of show shill. Because that is that is my life right now, and I am okay with that. It is beautiful. awesome, awesome. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been episode seventy-one of Dekai. We will be back next Friday at four p.m. Eastern time, as always. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, wear a mask if you're outside, get a Fauci ouchie, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Mm -hmm.